0: But if you read the prophecies as we began reading in Genesis chapter 15, God said 400 years. And they knew that that time had not yet passed. So those who are really strict with the prophecy would have been saying, it's not time yet. God said we'd be in a foreign land for 400 years and that he would grow us into a nation there.
1: Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word.
0: Well, it is a a blessing to be with you. We're going to be closing out the book of Genesis tonight, Genesis chapter 50, and I have a, a little bit of a review in the book of Genesis for the final teaching and so it was verses 12 through 14 so his sons did for him just as he had commanded them for his sons carried him to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave in the field of Machpelah before Mamre which Abraham bought with the field of Ephron the Hittite as property for a burial place And after he had buried his father, Joseph returned to Egypt, he and his brothers, and all who went up with him to bury his father. So the cave in the field of Machpelah, it was a cave that Abraham had purchased after Sarah had died. Up to that point, he had been in the land for numerous years but never owned a piece of the promised land he sojourned through the land god never gave him instruction to purchase any of the land he lived upon He was a very great man in the land remember abraham had 318 trained servants who could all handle swords they were men who were trained for war and that's just the warriors that he had with him when he went to go rescue his nephew Lot. So Abraham was a great man in the land, but we only read of him buying this one area where he could bury his beloved wife, Sarah, where he himself had been buried, where Isaac and Rebekah were buried, where Leah was buried, and now Jacob was laid to rest there. The only difference, however, the burial custom of the Hebrews had been at that time, And there was a mummified Egyptian-like body, mummified by the Egyptians, but a Hebrew there in that cave, which is quite incredible for me. I am waiting for this cave to be discovered one day. When we were in Israel in 2009, and uh, they took us to a cave, a burial cave, a family plot, and connecting it to this very passage, not saying that it was the cave, but kind of walked us through what the uh, crypt would have looked like. I mean, it was there and you could walk through it and see the burial area that would have coincided with this time. So very interesting. Once that was accomplished, everyone went back to Egypt because the sons of Jacob had made their homes there, their livelihoods at this point, they were tied to Egypt. Now, that might seem odd that they would want to return to Egypt at this point. We would think some might want to remain in the land of promise that God had promised Abraham. But if you read the prophecies, as we began reading in Genesis chapter 15, God said 400 years, and they knew that that time had not yet passed. So those who are really strict with the prophecy would have been saying, it's not time yet. God said we'd be in a foreign land for 400 years, and that he would grow us into a nation there. But also, I believe something that God spoke through Jeremiah to the nation of Judah that would go into the Babylonian captivity when all the other false prophets were saying, this war is gonna go away real quick, Babylon's not gonna do anything to us, God will rescue us, and Jeremiah the whole time is saying no we're going to get conquered and you're going to go into captivity you need to understand you need to get ready we're going into captivity for 70 years but Jeremiah also said Jeremiah 29 4 through 7 thus says the Lord of hosts the God of Israel to all who were carried away captive whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon build houses and dwell in them plant gardens and eat their fruit take your wives beget sons and daughters take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters that you may increase there and not diminish and seek the peace of the city where i've caused you to be carried away captive pray to the lord for it for in its peace you will have peace And I believe that we as believers today, we need to seek the peace of the cities that the Lord has attached us to, the towns that we live in, uh, where the Lord has planted us. Because pray to the Lord for the city. How many people pray for your city? Lord, be with Lake Villa. That's what the Bible tells us to do. Doesn't say Lake Villa, but you know, pray for the city for its peace and you will have peace we're connected to our communities and so by our involvement in our communities it can help to bring peace to the community and on the other side of that we also gain peace right now in our many of our communities throughout the United States they are lacking the peace and there's just horrific things happening in our communities And even in this area, right before coming to church uh, just a few weeks ago, there was a threat at Grant High School, which is just a town over from us. And then I was reading about another threat where there's a stronger police presence, I believe out in Woodstock because of some social media posts that have been going on in that area. We need to be praying for the peace that we also would have peace. So his brothers now, dad's buried, they're all back in Egypt. The brothers, 17 years later, they're still worried that Joseph wants to get even with them. And so the Bible tells us, verses 15 through 18, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him so they sent messengers to joseph saying before your father died he commanded saying thus you shall say to joseph i beg you please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin for they did evil to you please now forgive the trespass of your servants of the god of your fathers not only his brothers these are servants of god i just Noticed it reading at that time. They're really putting emphasis on this. If being a brother doesn't work, the sons of Joseph's father, then the servants of God, that's got to work. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Joseph just wept. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we are your servants. The reason Joseph Wept is because he'd already put all this behind him but the brothers had not they had been carrying i'd said this uh, when we talked about their first arrival in egypt some uh, 21 years after they had sold joseph into slavery and then 22 years they're living in egypt they'd carried the guilt of this thing for 22 years at that time now we have another 17 years on top of that and they're still dealing with it they still did not believe that joseph could possibly forgive them joseph had already tried to calm their fears back in genesis 45 17 years earlier he said to them genesis 45 7 and 8 god sent me before you to preserve the prosperity for you in the earth to save your lives by a great deliverance So now it was not you who sent me here, but God. Seventeen years earlier, Joseph said, "Ah, forget about it. It was God who did this, that we might save a people alive, save our people. But they still were not convinced. All they believed is that as long as dad was alive, Joseph wouldn't harm them. But now that dad was dead, they thought now he would get even. And so he wept. This reminded me of Jesus weeping. When he wept over Jerusalem, when he was coming to the city of Jerusalem, before he was crucified in Luke 19.42, it tells us, he cried out, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, if you had known even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Jesus wept over the city of Jerusalem because they did not recognize the things that were made for their peace. They did not recognize the Messiah, Jesus. Joseph, a type of Messiah, especially for his family, his brothers. He also wept because his brothers did not recognize the work of God through his life. I believe that Joseph at this point, he had forgiven his brothers, but the brothers had not received that forgiveness. Rather, it was hidden from their eyes. They refused to believe that Joseph could forgive them for what they had done. And this is true for so many people today. When challenged about coming to faith in Jesus Christ, a lot of times they might say something like, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know the things I've done. You don't know the life that I've lived. The Lord can't forgive me. And they have this mental block, rather was hidden from their eyes like it was for the people in Jesus' day, Jerusalem. If you'd only known the things that were prepared for you on this day for your peace, but they were hidden from your eyes. Far too many people, have never received Jesus' offer of peace through faith in him because they just, in their minds, they cannot conceive that they could be forgiven of their sin. But it's the promise of Jesus, John 14, 27. Jesus said, My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. My peace, Jesus promised My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Sometimes the forgiveness has been extended, as it was for Joseph toward his brothers, as it is for Christ toward those who have not yet received him as Savior. But that forgiveness has to be received. So Joseph reassures his brothers, verses 19 through 21. Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? So the am has been added by the translators. It's not in the original language. Do not be afraid, for I in the place of God. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about, as it is this day, to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid, i will provide for you and your little ones and he comforted them and spoke kindly to them so joseph had to reassure his brothers sometimes as i said it's hard for us to understand how god can take the difficult circumstances of our lives and actually bring it about for good to bring glory to his name i believe i have a very good testimony that's actually my dad's testimony But he's not here to share it with you, so I'm going to do it for him. And I remember a bit of this. I got to observe it as a young boy and then as a young adult. My dad would pass away when I was 28 years old, and he was far too young to leave us at that time. But back in the mid-1960s, dad had a stroke one night and ended up in the hospital, ultimately ending up At Cook County Hospital in Chicago. He was there for six months. Kind of hard to believe. Today it's like you're in and out for heart surgery, but you have to remember this was the pioneer days of heart surgery. And so he was there for six months, and uh, he also had, like many of the pinnels, if not all of us, O-negative blood supply. So if you know anything about O-negative blood supply, it's the universal donor our blood works for anybody but we only get O negative back we can't switch so I'm good for you you may not be good for me as far as the blood is concerned so twice they had prepared my dad for surgery and this had to be quite a letdown mentally and emotionally everything that would go with it but in the city of Chicago there were bad accidents and they twice came in and said sorry John we have to postpone We had the O-negative blood supply for your surgery, but we had to use it on an accident victim that came in. So twice he was postponed. Now, one day in heaven, I'll get to ask my dad this question because this is kind of what I had developed out of this. I'm just thinking how God works in situations like this. See, I believe that God was causing this postponement of dad's surgery Because although they were going to repair his physical heart, spiritually his heart was not yet quite there. So there was a point, and now this is my dad's part of the story. It went something like this. Before his surgery, he prayed a prayer like this Jesus, if you will make me as good a man after this surgery as I am today, then I'll serve you all the days of my life. Then he went in, had the heart surgery. And two years later, he was Sunday morning standing, shaving. My dad was a a twice-a-day shaver. I've never had to get to that level, but my son could attest to this kind of shaving if he ever shaved, but he's got a big beard. But my dad, you know, shaved in the morning. If he was going to go somewhere at night, he would shave before he'd go at night if some church duty. So he was a a twice-a-day shaver. And in the morning, he was standing there with his shirt off, shaving, and he had a scar that began here and ended back here that cut across his whole chest. And it was was a big scar. It was thick, and it was raised. And as he said, as he was shaving there, he saw that scar, and it became Noah's rainbow to him in the sense that God said to his heart, I've kept my part of the bargain. Now you keep yours. So that Sunday morning, Dad went to church, surrendered his life to the ministry. And as a result of that, not only did God call Dad to be a pastor and ultimately fulfilling the call that God had placed upon his heart, I'll serve you all the days of my life, which my dad was faithful to do from that day forward. Many people came to faith because of that, because of his faithfulness to respond to the call of God upon his life which a stroke seems very evil to us. But God took that stroke and he meant it for good to save many people alive, possibly some physically, many spiritually. And God can use both the good and bad in our lives to accomplish his will in and through our lives when we are willing to surrender to his will. It begins by seeking that forgiveness, something that, joseph's brothers had to learn and then we close out in verses 22 through 26 joseph as he is dying many years past now joseph would spend a total of 93 years in egypt 17 years in the land of canaan as a young boy 93 years in egypt living to be verse 22 110 years old and Joseph saw Ephraim's children to the third generation and the children of Malkir, the son of Manasseh, were also brought on the knees of Joseph. And so it just begins, just the blessing that he had, that God allowed him to see his great-great-grandchildren through Ephraim and his great-grandchildren through Manasseh. And the phrase, being brought up on the knees refers to his claim on them as his descendants not just a grandpa but you're part of my descendants and this was significant to me because remember his father jacob claimed ephraim and manasseh in fact israel said to joseph in genesis 48 5 and 6 now your two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt, are mine. So Israel claimed Ephraim and Manasseh as his offspring, and then he went on to say to Joseph in Genesis 48, 6, Your offspring, whom you beget after them, shall be yours. They shall be called by the name of your brothers in their inheritance. So, there was this claim, how important it is. I don't know how many get the privilege of seeing grandchildren, -grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren. Have to get married real young for that to happen and live a real long life. But the Bible promises in Proverbs 17, 6, children's children are the crown of old men and the glory of the children is their father and proverbs 13:22 a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children but the wealth of sinners is stored up for the righteous clearly joseph was a good man who left a good inheritance of faith for his immediate family but also for his nation and you know proverbs my life verses kind of claimed two for a long time since I was in my 20s, 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. So I've held on to those for a long time. But this old man, white beard, old man, have really, over the last 10 years or so, fallen in love with Proverbs 13:22. I want to be a good man who leaves an inheritance to my children's children, but I'm not talking finance. There might be some money left over, maybe, when we're done, but spiritually, I want to do my best to leave a good inheritance to my children and to their children as well. 24 through 26, and Joseph said to his brothers, I am dying, but God will surely visit you, bring you out of this land to the land of which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. Then Joseph took an oath from the children of Israel saying, God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died being 110 years old and they embalmed him and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. So the chapter closes with Joseph proclaiming that God would deliver their people and bring them back to the promised land. And so as he was dying, he was setting the hope of the future generations that God is going to do a work. And when he comes to bring you out of the land of Egypt, take my bones up with you, which they did. Joshua twenty-four thirty-two tells us, that they carried his bones back and buried him at Shechem in the plot of ground which Jacob had bought for 100 pieces of silver and that had become the inheritance of the children of Joseph. So now we find that there are at least two mummified bodies in the land of Egypt. It's not strange to find a mummy, dig up something in Egypt, say, hey, we found some mummies down here. But in Israel... I'm waiting for that day to happen. Maybe tomorrow we'll wake up with the news. One more thing before we go to just a wrap up of the book of Genesis. So I shared of my dad having heart surgery, praying that prayer to God. If you make me as good a man as I am today, after the surgery, I'll serve you all the days of my life. Toward the end of his days, I remember him sharing with the church that God did me one better. Because I'm a better man today than I was before I had my heart surgery. Now physically, he was not in good shape when he said those words. But spiritually, he became that better man. God always does us one better. We need to know that.
1: Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ.